today on the Chat and Chew Show. What's up? Um, but if it's a person you've only known for, let's say, three months, you're still getting to know that person. You don't know all their quirks, their tics, their stress, their drama, their childhood issues. There's a whole laundry list of stuff that you have to sift through. Hey, it's Carla, a.k.a. Home Cook K, and today I'm back in my humble kitchen with a recipe that gets mixed reviews in my household, but I'm a fan, so I'm sharing it here. All right, well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chat and Chew Show. I'm Betty. And I'm Roxanne. And we got a special guest with us today, but hold on, we're gonna introduce her in a second. Uh, this show is designed to empower you to do relationships better. And we say all the time that everybody is in a relationship, not just a romantic relationship. You're in uh, your mother, your auntie, your uncle, your, we've been saying Grubhub yeah. <laughs> driver, <laughs> Amazon truck deliverer. And especially <laughs> if you are a Zoom teacher during this time, oh my gosh, God bless you, God bless you. Um, and, and oftentimes we find that navigating some of these relationships can be difficult. A good friend celebrates our wins with us and provides a shoulder to lean on when we're down. But what happens when two friends grow apart? On this episode of The Chat and Chew Show, certified coach Donisha Norwood-Smith helps us navigate the tough seasons of friendship. Coach Donisha is passionate about cultivating ideas and making them a reality. With over 20 years of experience in advising and coaching in various arenas, including secondary and higher education, fitness, and nutrition, her desire is to see people live life purposefully and thrive in mind, body, and soul. Danisha is a wife, mother of two, and co-owner of Influential LLC, a speaking, coaching, and consulting company she co-owns with her husband, Reverend Dr. Ephraim Smith. Get ready to take notes for this session of Ask the Coach. All right. Uh, so today, we are super excited that you are with us because we have our special guest with us, and that is Danisha Norwood-Smith. And this is our favorite episode, <laughs> and it is Ask, Ask the, the Coach. coach. I never know coach. if I should say it slow or faster. I know it's like, you know i am well i am well everything is great out here in the sunny california way we are nice. able to see the sky for the first time in like three and a half weeks that's right i forgot so, all the fires yeah. yes it's a great day we when i woke up and i looked at the weather app and it said air quality was good i was like hey now we can go out there and get our walk on finally okay wow. yes so we that are doing good. well today good. how are you ladies doing pretty good i won't complain how about that i know that's right <laughs> how about you roxy yeah doing well i'm same here i'm like before i start let me just count my blessings because oh, no. um, I, I mean you think about that's something that we take for granted air quality and it's mm. like until something as major as that happens and you're like oh, yeah that could be an issue so yeah <laughs> that's true it's true <laughs> good well we have uh some questions uh donisha we want to coach donisha that we want to ask you and to get your feedback uh sometimes again you can be in a relationship and you've tried every single thing or, or you're not clear about, you know, what next step should I take? You know, my relationship is going good. What should I do to improve it? My relationship isn't going good. What should, should I do to, to try to make it better? So that's why I love these episodes. 
uh, Roxanne and I always joke and say, whenever we do ask the coach, we need to take notes ourselves. <laughs> it is so, so good. So with that, Roxanne is going to ask the first, the first question. Sure. And um, just for our audience, we actually, this topic is something that came up a lot in our comments. So we wanted to just address the, the topic of friendships and relationships. So to get started, um, num the first question is, as we go through different transitions in our lives, for example, um, going from single to married to becoming a parent, how do you know if you should fight to maintain your friend circle or accept the fact that you've outgrown them? Oh, child. Yes, that's, that's a good question. Um, I actually, I had that question here recently with a client, as a matter of fact, like three weeks ago. And, you know, she was like, okay, I think I'm at a place now where the things that I want to do, my friends don't necessarily want to do. So does that mean that they're boring? Does that mean that, you know, I've outgrown them? Um, or even in topic of conversation, some topics that her friends didn't even want to broach the subject. And these people have been together in relationship for over 15 years. So yes, what, at what point do you outgrow your friendship circle? Sometimes that happens or that appears to happen when one or a couple of people in the group advance in education, take on a new job, move to a different place. Um, these instances can change the dynamics of your conversation quite rapidly. Because at first you're like, oh, you moved away. How are things going? What's new? What are you doing for fun? Who are you meeting? And as you advance and meet different people groups in your new environment, it can change the dynamics of your old people groups. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you've outgrown them. It just means that by proximity, you're doing different things. Now, a, a sign of outgrowing could be that there's a different level of maturity. For example, you might be at a place where the things that your friends do are a little bit more immature than where you are at this point in your life. For example, they might just want to go kick it and party every single night like they did when you were 25 and you're now 55. Sometimes you can't do the things you did when you're at 55 that you do at 25, whether you're married or single, you know, it just happens. Like certain circumstances will change the dynamics of what you are able to do. Um, sometimes your health may change and you might have to be like, look, I need to go to bed at eight o'clock. Okay. Y'all staying up to two, three in the morning. I can't, I, gotta go to bed. I need my rest. You know, I'm trying to preserve the wrinkles. I'm just kidding. But y'all understand what I'm trying to say. Uh -huh. So there's certain situations in our lives that will shift our focus, shift our perspective, shift our level of awareness, where it may appear that we're outgrowing our friendship circles. What it just means that we're just learning things at a different rate. These are still the same people that we absolutely love and adore, but we might have to take a break from them because it exhausts our energy. And that's okay. Yeah, it's good. That's good. What if, um, it feels like, especially when you become an adult, it's more difficult to, to have friends and things. Like as a kid, you know, you would be like, hey, you want to be my friend? <laughs> yeah, let's be friends. Let's go get on the, you know, let's go swing. Mm -hmm. uh, but as an adult, ma maintain those friendships and getting new friendships seem really difficult. Um, I think, like you said, stage of life is a, is a huge thing because, you know, you move from single to married to children. And like you said, it's not that you don't want to be with the people anymore, but you can't because you got all these other responsibilities. So, mm -hmm. so that's good. That's good. So people can be okay with, I'm busy now, you know, I'm busy now. I'm busy now. Or my focus has shifted a little bit more where I have to be more attentive to what's right in front of me. 
yeah. You know, um, and if people really love you and care for you, then they'll understand that. They'll understand that you're not cutting me off. You know, you're making room for me and I appreciate you're making room for me and keeping me, yeah. keeping this a priority as best you can in your new environment, in your yeah. new circumstances. And yeah. I think that's, that's a level of communication and maturity in communication that yeah. we sometimes forget. Cause I know when I first got married, my girls was like, let's go, let's go. I'm like, I can't just go. I gotta, I gotta think about this person yeah. over here. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And if you lose some along the way, well, there'll be others. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's good. Mm -hmm. Like that. So how do you manage or exit a friendship when the person hasn't necessarily done anything wrong? You just no longer share their interests. So I guess this is the next step. If you <laughs> beyond Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. You no longer share their interests. Um, it, then that, that's, that warrants a conversation that goes something like this. Um, you know, I really used to enjoy doing A, B, and C, right? Um, but now I'm finding I enjoy doing, you know, C, D, and E a little bit more. What about you? What things do you enjoy doing more now than compared to what we used to do? Now you've opened the door for your, your friend, your even a, a boyfriend maybe to share about those things that you know what? Well, yeah, I don't necessarily like doing that anymore. I want to do something new. Oh, I want to, you know, try this, or maybe I'll join you in trying that. It doesn't mean that you have to cut the person off. It just means that you have to have open conversation about doing new things, what that looks like. And if it looks like that person doesn't want to go with you, right, into where you want to go, it's okay. It may not, you may not be comfortable with it because it may be, that may be your ride or die, right? Your ride or die is like, I can't go with you where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And so you have to reevaluate the importance of that person's placement in your life based on where you are going. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the person you have to rely on and be responsible for is yourself. You can't yeah. carry others where they don't want to go. Yeah. I know that um, when I became a Christian, I'll use that. This is a great example. Um, there were several people in my friendship groups who were in friendship group who were not Christians um, and did, were confused about how I was, why I'm confused and wanted to know why I wasn't doing the things that I used to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, because I had love for these girls, they were my homies. They, you know, like you said, you're ride or die. Um, I'm like, well, Lord, do I cut them off? Mm -hmm. Because they, are, they don't have the same, they're not at the same place in faith that I am. Or do I continue to love them from afar where they are? And then when we get together, I, I try to live as an example as best I can where, as I'm growing to maybe win them to you. And so that's an example of why I say I don't necessarily want to, I, I don't advocate for cutting people off unless they are rude and disrespectful. The rude right. and disrespectful, that's not, not the gloves come off. I'm yeah, taking off my yeah. hoops, and we gonna we gonna have a conversation, right? <laughs> um, because that's not that's not friendship, that's not love. So, but I I wrestle with cutting people completely off because I don't think that there's a place to cut people completely off, but maybe just put them to the side for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Do you believe that people are in your life for a season, though? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do. I wholeheartedly. Um, and I've experienced that too, um, where and each of the moves, and I've moved around many a times, um, that people have come into my life for the sole purpose of helping me with my business or sole purpose mm. of helping me, you know, navigate parenting better. Sole purpose mm. of, of being an example and a mentor and how to love my spouse better. Um, mm. And even though we're not in the same proximity anymore, um, mm. if I were to call any of these people, 
because of that relationship we had during that season, they answered the phone. Okay. And that to me is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. So I was thinking about negative relationships too. I think uh, negative relationships can also be in your life for a season. Absolutely. So Donisha, you and I have history and Girl. I was just thinking about the same. <laughs> I'm not going to call any names, but I can just remember. Get the tea. Mm-hmm. And I can remember this one place that, that the, our families were a part of in Ohio mm-hmm. and the drama that mm-hmm. we went through with the leadership there. It, mm-hmm. I'm trying not to be too, uh, yes. <laughs> but you get it. So they were in our lives for a moment, yes. but the moment, it was a negative moment, but it taught us so much. Yes, it did. I mean, it taught us so much. I mean, yes. we can look back. I mean, we were angry and hurt and you know, uh, it was a, just a lot of pain, you know, uh, dealing with what we had to deal with. But looking back, that relationship was in our lives for a reason. Oh, absolutely. But I think what people do sometimes, though, too, because we do want to hold on to those relationships, it, it, w- it would have been unhealthy for us to stay there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As opposed to saying, okay, uh, it's time to go. Yes, we definitely need to sever ties. Because uh, somebody, somebody was about to get uh, hurt real bad. I, mean, I, I was about to catch a case. I was like, y'all better hit a bail money. I was going to catch a case. Yes, I was. You know, um, but the things that we have to remember are, are in, 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 as we talk about relationships is that we are designed to be a social people mm-hmm. by nature. That is, we are designed for each other to be in community, to be in proximity with each other. Um, and when that doesn't happen, um, it's like our lives are... And I don't want to say empty, but they're definitely off balance Yeah. because we grow and learn so much from the good and bad of each other. Mm-hmm. So even in that negative example, as you shared, Betty, yes, it was, it was hard. It was rough. And you're absolutely right. If we had continued to pursue trying to be reconcilers, if you will, in that relationship, mm-hmm. it would have been to the detriment of ourselves. Yeah. So that's, an, that's a great example of knowing when to cut the tie and say, yeah. And you got to be, and sometimes you got to be brave to do that, yes. you know, because you can look at what is considered benefits. Mm-hmm. Well, if we stay, then, you know, we can still continue to do this. You know, if we stay, we can still have this. And then some of those negative relationships, you just got to let them go. Yes. As I said earlier, if it's abusive and disrespectful, let it go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I find clarity through those relationships too. Like I, it, mm-hmm. I gain more clarity about myself and what I really want because I can be a compromiser. Like I can be kind of like, like, oh, it's not abusive, but so it's okay. And kind of um, have like, like wobbly boundaries. Mm. Um, and so it, it's funny because like the idea you talk about just as being fluid and not necessarily having to cut them off all the time, but maybe establishing some boundaries. That's something I've had to learn like in my latter years. Cause I used to think, oh, it's black or white. Either we get along or we don't we like the same thing or we don't, it's, you know, <laughs> it's like I know, to have the conversation, like I'm interested in this now and not mm-hmm. that anymore. Um, what do you feel about that? And it's okay if they're not, if we have to part ways, but still just starting with a boundary at least and understanding what you really want with someone mm-hmm. Still mm-hmm. learning. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. Like boundaries is huge. And, mm-hmm. and what you're saying, you may not have to like cut them off, but you may have to establish some boundaries. Like, 
you know, you, you can be my friend, but you're not going to hit me anymore. Or you're not going to, I'm not going to give you $20 every time I see you. Or, you know, no, you can't use my, whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. just establishing the boundaries. That doesn't mean I cut you off. Uh, but that takes courage to do, especially if you've been a type of person, you know, who just be like, okay, <laughs> you know, because yeah. you know you want to be this nice girl, and you want to make sure everybody's happy, and you know, don't ruffle any feathers, and and setting boundaries is, is big. I'm telling you, setting boundaries will save your life. Yes, it will. <laughs> it'll save your finances. It'll save everything. No, you cannot live here. You know, it'll, it'll save you. Right. We can still be friends, but you can't live here. Right. True story. <laughs> you know, <crazy> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so our next question, how do you cope when you're on the other end of that? Like when your friend seems to have changed on you and doesn't seem to share interests with you anymore. So you're not oh, again. Man, well, my friend has changed. You know, um, I'm kind of a direct person. Um, I'm introverted but direct at the same time. So I guess my initial move would be, you know, I'll be like, what's up with that? <laughs> I'm going to ask you straight out, what's up with that? You know, and for my introverted friends, you know, um, I would, I would encourage them to, you know, put, put on their big, big girl shoes, you know, put on the high heels and say, Hey, um, I know something different about you, you know, and different, not meaning bad, but just different about you that, you know, we seem to be on different pages. Um, you know, let's talk more about that. You know, this so what's that mean? Like if you texted them, they're not texting you back. Or if you call, they're not calling you back. What does that? What do you mean? Well, see, they're like, not texting you or calling you back. Off. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's something's definitely wrong. So that's when you pick up the phone and you say, "Hey, can we get together?" Because I've texted you, I've called you, and I feel like you're curbing me, and I don't know why. What What did I do? Um, and that requires you to again be to be brave, as you said earlier, Betty, uh, to be vulnerable, and that's a very uncomfortable place for people who don't like conflict. So, but you, in order for you to get past it, you're going to have to engage in it a little bit and have that hard conversation because otherwise you don't know what you did. Like I, there could have been something that you said or done to push that person away. And you have no idea because you're sitting back saying, Oh, I hope I didn't. Or maybe I did. And you know, waiting for them to, to call you. No, you got to pick up the phone. If it means that much to you, if the relationship means that much, much to you, then you have to engage in it. You have to ask the hard questions no matter what the outcome you can't control what the person's going to say you only can control and be responsible for what comes out your mouth mm -hmm. what you say so i mean if you start the conversation hey did i do something to offend you i haven't mm -hmm. heard from you in a while mm -hmm. um you know i noticed that the last couple of times i called or text you you know i don't want to say i'm a stalker but it was 10 times two weeks ago <laughs> uh, you know you didn't resp re respond back are you okay mm -hmm. are we okay mm -hmm. and if we're not okay let's work on it yeah. I was just thinking of something that Roxanne said to me recently, because I am so like this. I'm just like, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. She, I, I, I won't talk about the context of it, but she said, basically, we need to be honest with each other. Always. You got to be honest. And to me, calling someone who hasn't called you back after 10 times or text you back or whatever, <laughs> to, to, to be honest, like I felt and, and describe how you felt. I feel like when you don't call me back that maybe I did something wrong or maybe, I don't know, how do you say, come on coach, what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I said, I haven't, you know, I've tried to reach out to you a couple of times and I haven't heard from you. You know, what's going on? What's new in your life? How can I pray for you? Uh, is there something we should talk about? You know, when can we get together? What if they bring up something that's just like, 
well, when I was walking in the hallway, you didn't say hi to me. Or, you know, something dope like that. <laughs> when I saw you at 7-Eleven. <laughs> Girl, I saw you at the mall. You was with Quisha. Like, Quisha, you was with Quisha and them. You act like you couldn't talk to me. <laughs> I'm like, what are we in junior high school? That part. <laughs> Seriously, though, that part. But there are some people who, you know, because of their personal life experiences, there's some insecurity, right? And so when they don't hear from people who they feel close to or closest to, you know, they, they start to feel some type of way. And so we have to also keep that in mind. But if it's a person you've known for a long period of time, um, you should be able to, I say that carefully, you should be able to have a conversation about, you know, what's up. Um, but if it's a person you've only known for, let's say, three months, you're still getting to know that person. You don't know all their quirks, their tics, their stress, their drama, their childhood issues. There's a whole laundry list of stuff that you have to sift through. So, you know, let's not be so self-consumed that it's about us. It might be all about them. Mm-hmm. That's See, that's why, that's why I'm an introvert, because look at all the stuff you got. <laughs> that is why you're an introvert? That is not why. I'm going to have two friends, that's it. <laughs> that is not why. Betty's an introvert, because Betty don't want to be bothered. <laughs> oh my God, I'm terrible. I'm look, trying I'm to do here. better. I'm over here like, whoa, I made the cut, all right. <laughs> right, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm trying to do better, trying to do better. Now, a delicious word. Let's choose. Hey, it's Carla, aka Home Cook K, and today I'm back in my humble kitchen with a recipe that gets mixed reviews in my household, but I'm a fan, so I'm sharing it here. You definitely have to enjoy the flavors to like this recipe. Honey Sriracha Meatballs. I use ground turkey, but I imagine you can substitute it with another ground meat or even a meat substitute. So, for the recipe, I first started by preheating my oven to 375. Then in a bowl, I combine the ground turkey, one cup of panko breadcrumbs, two eggs, a quarter cup of chopped onion, half a teaspoon of garlic powder, half a teaspoon of salt, and half a teaspoon of black pepper. I used my hands to combine all the ingredients and then created one and a half inch meatballs. Uh, I had about 25, but depending on how much meat you use, you'll have about 20 to 40. I use parchment paper to line my baking sheet, but you can lightly spray it with cooking oil and then put the meatballs directly onto the sheet. Bake it in the oven for about 20-25 minutes. While the meatballs are cooking, I make the sauce. Using a small saucepan, I add a quarter cup of sriracha, three tablespoons of liquid aminos, you can use soy sauce, three tablespoons of rice vinegar, three tablespoons of honey, a tablespoon of freshly grated ginger, three cloves of garlic, half a teaspoon of toasted sesame oil. I bring all the ingredients to a boil while whisking continuously. Then I reduce it to a simmer and cook for about another eight minutes. Once the meatballs are done, I throw them into the sauce, tossing them around, and they're ready to serve. This dish pairs nice with rice. I use cauliflower rice, but brown rice or white rice works just as well. I'm curious to know what you think about this recipe. Try it and let us know your thoughts on IG or Facebook at Chat and Chew Show. Hope you enjoy it. What are signs that a platonic relationship is toxic? So, I, and I'm, I'm actually, because I think we already put out there that abuse, so like any type of like physical abuse right, and disrespect, but what's like some of the more subtle things? I think we all kind of know, like if they punch me in the face, 
over and over. It's, not it's over. But, <laughs> but some things are more subtle. Like, what are some other things that can give us signs of toxins? You know, I always go straight for the jugular. So I'm like, if the person is disrespectful, right? You can't, every time, you know, you say something that has something negative to say about you, toxic. If um, every time, if you're in a, a relationship, you know, with your partner and the partner wants to criticize how you do dishes every single time you do dishes that could be toxic if the person wants to criticize how you drive and you don't you know you haven't had any tickets you haven't had any accidents but they just don't like the way you drive you drive too slow toxic <laughs> you know if the person is um constantly talking about how you parent your kids and doesn't give you any encouragement that could be toxic so my question is if you're around this person and all they spit out to you is negativity what other signs do you need to know that it's toxic mm. okay i i like oh, hmm. <laughs> you want to be in relationships that, that what i just said <laughs> you want to get you want to be in relationships friends siblings homies partners you want to be in relationships that are uplifting empowering helping you to grow wanting you know so that you and the unit that you're a part of becomes better together not toxic and depressed and isolated and confused and you're constantly question questioning am i enough am i good enough am i smart enough am i strong enough am i a good parent am i a good wife am i a good sister am i a good daughter am i a good son mm -hmm. If you have to constantly question that, there's a problem mm -hmm. that needs to be addressed. Wow. I, I understand that people should um, pay attention to if people are giving that negative feedback and everything all the time. But what if you are used to that, right? Mm -hmm. Because like some of us are like used to that feedback or we have our own insecurities and it's kind of like, oh, maybe he's right or maybe she's right. And it kind of, it it ver it um validates some of the the self talk you have going on in your head. Mm. How do yeah. you kind of snap out of that? Yes. So, unfortunately, in situations like that, it has been my experience in coaching that sometimes it takes something harsh, very hurtful, in order for that person to snap out of it because they come from a system and a history of abuse, of verbal abuse. And so they become conditioned to it and they, and they normalize it. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, usually for, for them to realize, oh my gosh, this has been happening since I was nine. Um, it takes something pretty big, significant. Um, and then they have to definitely work and process the, a healing process through that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Mm. Wow. Okay. Sorry, I just needed a moment to take that in. Just <laughs> <laughs> I always need a moment on Ask the Coach. Like, I can't right. just, like bounce back. <laughs> uh, like, and let me give you my disclaimer. I am a coach. I am not a counselor. And if I find that a question is beyond my scope, I was like, girl, you need a counselor. <laughs> <laughs> it works. That works. <laughs> I stay in my lane. <laughs> well, you know, some people need to be told that they need a counselor. Like some oh, people absolutely. cross their mind to even do that. It's like it's so normal the stuff that they deal with, and they don't even think they need some, some professional help. Yes, and I'm yeah. quick. I'm quick to tell them. They <laughs> trying <laughs> to get sued. No man. You know, no. It's so interesting. Like um, when you grow up in your home, 
whatever is done in your home, you think it's normal. You know, like in your home, if you, as soon as you get out of bed, you make up your bed, then you think everybody does that, you know, or if you eat breakfast or whatever you do, whatever you've seen done in your home since childhood, then you go out to the world and you're like, oh, you don't have to make up your bed. You don't, you know? And I think it's the same thing with what you're saying. Like if you are in a toxic environment growing up, if that's all you know, then that's how you function. So if you're, if you have a conflict, the way you dealt with conflict based on what you, in your home, if everybody just started yelling at everybody and cussing everybody out and talking about your mama, then you get in a relationship and that's, that's what you're used to. And, you know, I find sometimes people, they will try to push a button to make their friend, partner, whoever react that way because that's, that's comfortable. It's normal. You know, mm -hmm. uh, when we fight, we're supposed to yell. When we fight, mm -hmm. we're supposed to hit and push and storm off, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. So until somebody tells you this is, you don't have to function that way. Right. Then you be like, oh, so you mean I don't have to be in a relationship where, where my husband always telling me or my friend, I'm stupid. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if that's what you know, then you know. Sometimes, I guess my, my point is that sometimes it takes someone else saying, you know, you don't have to deal with that, right? <laughs> you know, you know you need counseling, right? You know, mm -hmm. it takes somebody else sometimes to be able to tell you that. Yeah. So anyway. Indeed, that's good. That's so true. So our final question, and this is on the positive side, because we know what not to like accept. So as an adult, like as you're managing your family or career or whatever, what should we look for in a friendship? Because I get that mixed up myself. Mm -hmm. The question is not necessarily what you should look for in a friendship is what do you look for in your, what, what do you look at in yourself? When you look in the mirror, who do you see? So as you look in the mirror, do you see someone who's smart, intelligent, funny, uh, high energy, um, ready to attack the world, then maybe you want to be around people who are like that. Mm. You know, if you look in the mirror and you see someone who's down and sad and um, has, you know, low self-esteem, is that what you want? So what qualities do you want in a friend? Mm. Is my question. That's what you should look for. If you want someone who, like I said, is going to empower you, who's going to have your back when the chips go down, who can, you know, if, if you're sad, you can pick up the phone and call them and, and they'll, they'll pick you up and encourage you. Those are the type of friends I want. Someone who's strong in their beliefs and, you know, is not wavering in their faith or um, someone who has strong family values. What do you want in a friend? Because what you look in the mirror, what you see in the mirror is typically what you reflect, what you draw. Mm -hmm. true. So check the mirror <laughs> and then check your list and go make some friends. <laughs> So in the age of this pandemic, Danisha, how in the world are we going to do this? I know. It is the question, the question of 2020. How do we make friends? How do we build fellowship and community when we're isolated? As I said earlier, we are, we are designed to be social beings. We are designed for each other. We're better together. And in order for us to be better together, even in this virtual space, we have to be a little bit more vulnerable. Um, and so there's some creative ways um, to meet people, even still, even in a COVID. Um, there are apps out there. Now, for my single people, just bear with me a minute. <laughs> but for, you know, if you're looking to get together um, and you want to learn how to knit, there's a group out there virtually teaching people how to knit oh. via Zoom. Um, one of the apps that I, I gravitated to even before coronavirus was the Meetup app, Meetup. 
two words, yeah. meetup app. And then that app, you can search for groups in your community, right? That are doing all kinds of stuff. So I found a walking group. I found a Zumba group. I found um, the Bay Area Divas group. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it was, oh, I love that group. Cause that's the group that we went to the Essence Festival in, in there for their 25th anniversary. And we had a ball, women, strangers. I had know nothing about. They organized a trip. I said, I'm gonna do it, step, step out my comfort zone. Cause remember I'm an introvert, but I'm direct. And I did it and I had a blast. And these ladies, we still talk to this day, even though I now live outside the Bay Area, we still talk. So that's an wow. example of a social group where you can meet people doing the things that you already like to do, right? There, the other thing is if you have a social group already, if you have a group of friends who are in proximity to you, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, we can self, we can isolate together. We can, we can make sure that every 14 days we take, we're intentional about ourselves and our time as friends. And we're going to separate from the other parts of the world, keep ourselves healthy. And that and on day 14, 15, we're going to get together and do something fun like we always used to do. So that's once a month, you can still connect with your people in proximity. There's nothing limiting. There's nothing stopping you from that. Who you, the government can't tell you who you can have in your house and who you can't. That's true. right. You know, our, yeah. our phobias, our phobias are what, are what are holding us back. Even yeah. in church, even in our virtual space when people have church online, you can still, again, same, same concept. You isolate for a little bit. Okay. Once a month, I'm going to do brunch in my house and invite six people over. Why? Mm -hmm. Because we've all been doing this. We, this is our, this is our commitment to each other, to our relationship, to continue to grow and be a community together. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now for my singles. Because this is, a, this is a source of tension for my single friends. They're trying to figure out how do I meet someone during this COVID-19 process? I mean, what do I do? Well, you know, there's an app for that too. <laughs> if you really want to meet someone and get to know people and you're willing to be a little bit vulnerable, you can meet people through various apps. And I'm not plugging these apps. I don't know much about them, but I've heard great things from a few people who have had great success. Bumble. Bumble is a female initiated app where you can choose who you want to go and talk to. You initiate the contact. Remember like Sadie Hawkins back in the day when y'all had a Sadie Hawkins? I know y'all had a Sadie Hawkins. Don't play like y'all didn't have a Sadie Hawkins. Y'all had Sadie mm -hmm. Hawkins. Roxanne. Well, no, let me say, I went to a private school. We didn't have dancers. That's a shame. You missed out. But it ain't too late, girl. It ain't too late. <laughs> What's like so it's just that initiative where the, where the ladies take the initiative to, you know, they have a whole list and they can swipe and pick and choose who they want to start having a conversation with. And it doesn't have to be anything, you know, too extreme, but it's a way to meet people. That's one example. Or Tinder or, you know, eHarmony.com, whatever it is you're looking for, there's an app for that. Mm -hmm. All I'm trying to say is that in this new normal, we have to get creative about being intentional about building community because we are not designed to live life in isolation. Right. We are social and communal beings. And so we owe it to ourselves to be better together. Yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. Well, this was fantastic. <laughs> As always, we love when Ask the Coach, Coach Danisha is with us. Woohoo! <laughs> um, <laughs> So, Shack Choose Show, again, is designed to empower you to do relationships better. 
And every Tuesday, we have a new episode. So I invite you to go over to YouTube. You're probably already there because you're watching this. <laughs> and subscribe and hit that subscribe bell so that every time our episode comes out, then you can catch up on everything that's going on. Danisha, you want to tell everybody where they can follow you? Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you, ladies, for having me. Again, you can follow the coach, Ask the Coach. You can follow me on IG at Coach Donisha on Facebook at Donisha Norwood Smith. That's D-O-N-E-C-I-A Norwood Dash Smith. Thanks. All right. <laughs> I thought you were about to start rapping for a little bit. <laughs> I have many skills. That is not one. <laughs> cool. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining us, and we will catch you next week. <laughs> this show was brought to you by the chat and chew company music by elwood jones lyrics by roxanne bring a chat and chew live event to your organization contact us at chat and chew show at gmail.com